Oh, it's very good. It is Daisen. Okay. Is it like a... What, what is it? It's not, is it like an alcoholic it's, beverage or... It, yeah, it's yeah. Five, five percent. But it taste, doesn't taste it Damn. like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's a peppermint and licorice tea. I love that tea. Is that the puka one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that tea. That's my favorite tea. It's tasty. <laughs> I'm the different kind of artist though, I'm the one like neurotic artist who studies something that has to be exactly right. So, <laughs> like, makes sense actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay if I use that in my introduction. Yeah. <laughs> neurotic artist, or <laughs> <laughs> Neurotic and pedantic. <laughs> Hi, good evening, dear listener. How are you getting on, wherever you are? We're um, in a little while. We're going to be talking about uh, Revolver, starring Oliver Reed. Uh, you know, classic uh, Italian crime, crazy, crazy good time. But before that, we're talking to Rasheen McCabe, goldsmith, <laughs> and member of the McCabe clan. Yes. How are you, sir? <laughs> How are you, Rasheen? Hello, I'm good. Proud member Great. of the McCabe clan. Very impressed that you knew about Pride. the McCabe clan. The clan McCabe. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the crack? I think it is a bit of a clan, isn't it? There is, is an clan? actual clan. Actual there clan? is an actual clan, yeah. Is it is. Scottish? Oh, nice. Uh, I think so, but there's like a group of people who... I don't know if they meet up, but there's a thing. There's an oh. actual clan. Not just like you know your your average mm. surname clan. There's there's like a McCabe clan. Mm. My grandfather was invited to be the head of it, which is kind of cool. Oh wow, that's yeah. class. Yeah, yeah. So the, okay, I thought that's I thought all, I was. That's just, all I know about I, it, though. I was just saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got like a proper coat of arms and all that jazz, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some your own tartan pattern. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what it is though. That's pretty oh, okay. sick. I'll be intrigued. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. be intrigued to see what the what the uh, the design and all that is. Mm. Yeah, because there's can be, three can be there's three there. fish <laughs> on the coat of arms, um, and then oh, there's okay. battle axes as well, which is pretty cool. Sick, nice. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm so um, looked up his uh, coat of arms before the Donalyn coat of arms, and it's dodgy, man. Um, there's like. There's there's a big tree. What is it? There's I'm getting I'm not getting mixed up now. It's it's either one of two things which are both very dodgy. There's either basically there's either a black man chained to a tree or hanging from a tree on his mm. coat of arms. Oh, <laughs> so pretty uh, dark. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, probably yeah, wished he never looked a... it up. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's okay, but his ancestors are clearly absolute bastards. <laughs> Well, it's good to acknowledge that as well. Fucking hell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I forgot what mine is now. I think, well, Grace, I know Grace is like a, is a Norman name anyway, originally. Like a DeGrasse or something. So I'm, I'm just a dirty foreigner. 
<laughs> I knew that anyway. <laughs> yeah, we knew, we all knew that. <laughs> and sure, if Mur- the Murphys, we we don't we we know all about them. I actually don't. It's high, it's always it's always been in my nana and granddad's house hanging up, but I never paid it much mind. Like I can't really mind, uh, remember what it's, what's on it. They make good stout. It's like a. Isn't most it like, importantly, is it like a? There's like a. <laughs> there's like a cross, isn't there? And there's like a hand, like like with strings going down to the cross. Or something like that. Well, could be. I think there's a few. It, same. Yeah, you know, it's very similar to the. You know, in the Godfather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a clue, man. Not the Murphys. Yeah, the McCabe's are the are a clan, but the Murphys are a are a family. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> anyway, back to the McCabe. Anyway, <laughs> back to the McCabe. Uh, now that we've finally got one sitting down, <laughs> so um, so we'll start at the very beginning, I suppose. Like, what? Uh, yeah, kind of your childhood. Like, what kind of led you on the road to? Um, artistic endeavors. Um, I I was always, I think I always kind of um had this idea that I wanted to go to art college, um, from when I was pretty young, and um, I kind of lost track of it for a while when I was in fourth or fifth year, and then and then in sixth year I was like, yeah, gonna go to art college. Originally, I wanted to study fashion design um oh okay yeah um then i did a portfolio course in dudleary uh oh no sorry right um oh <laughs> <laughs> in, Dub- oh. in bally fermish <laughs> much you? much less distinguished <laughs> than dudleary sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's a while ago now. So Central Saint, Central Saint Martins. I mean Ballyfermot. Sorry. <laughs> I mean Ballyfermot. <laughs> um, and so I did like a just a portfolio course there, and um, applied for NCAD and to LSAD and on Leary. <laughs> um, and I just really I remember going to Limerick and just walking in and like walking down the hallway with the kind of, you know, the brown tiles, like very convent tiles and Mm. the glass Mm. front. And like, I just got such, such a lovely feeling when I went there and such like a welcoming feeling. Um, I just knew I wanted to go there. So I did. And then I met all you lovely people and, um, Oh yeah, and then so I also I really really liked um, printmaking in Ballyfermish, so I was quite interested in that already going to Limerick, um, and I think I was always really um, interested in sort of process based art because um, I like right I love obviously love fine art, um, but like sometimes when there isn't a process to go on for me I can find it like I don't know where to start um yeah yeah and it's like a bit sort of this is this is a huge world that you could delve into and it's like what 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 where will I begin so I like to begin with a process um that's how I ended and up some doing some kind of um 
some kind of limitation kind of or parameters exactly kind of kind of yeah because otherwise it is limitless and then that's kind of daunting yeah <laughs> so um yeah exactly like a parameter which which to work in um and i love printmaking uh for that reason I love learning like all the different kinds of like etching, you know, and all these different things. Um, and I loved all the people and talking about art. And I really think it just like, I loved art college so much. It just opens your mind to thinking, I think in a different way, which is mm, absolutely probably the most important part of it. Um, and then I don't know, like I'd also al- always been interested in jewellery. Okay. And I kind of, I heard of this course in Kilkenny, the one I'm doing now. I think I was in second year um, and in college and I started looking it up and saw the stuff that they were making and it just kind of blew my mind. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this course and when I finish here, I'm going to go and then go to Kilkenny. Um, so basically that's what I did, but it took a little bit of time to get there because you need to have a portfolio and some, um, goldsmithing experience already before you kind of would be likely to get into the course. Um, so I kind of did that, like after college, I kind of put my mind to buying some tools and doing some part-time courses so that I could learn a bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, yeah, I didn't realize you knew about the course for so long before. No. Or there was an area of interest. Yeah, I'm not actually, I can't, I don't know where I heard of it or exactly when. I just kind of know that I had an awareness of it for quite a long time. Yeah. Mm. But it, um, it's like a biannual application because obviously it's, studio based and bench based so like there's 12 students every year in the course i'm doing now um so there and it's okay. two years long. long so there's there's not like a four a first year and a second year there's just as it, sorry there is but there's not different groups there's the same group and then a new group comes in when we leave so there's a there's the same block of people the whole time right. so hmm. so like what well, i think when I graduated from LSAD in 2017 um, and the, the applications were for that year, I think. And I, I didn't apply in time and I also didn't have enough experience by then anyway. So I had to wait then until 2019 before I could apply again. So it was kind of hmm. a bit of a gap, I suppose, but that was good as well. Mm. Well, you fit Indeed, a lot into yeah, that gap, didn't you? prepared and all that jazz. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> I suppose I did. You <laughs> <laughs> used it well. Would you do uh, yeah. two residencies and how many um, exhibitions? I, I, I sort of, I didn't really do two residencies. So I got two residencies. Um, <laughs> I didn't really, really complete the one in, in Sample Studios um, just because it was, right. it was kind of a very long commute from where I was living and I just couldn't really do it. Um, and they kind of didn't right. really have the facilities that I needed there um, for what I wanted to be doing. So I just ended up spending most of my time in the printmakers. But um, 
I did. Uh, yeah. So I, I got a lot out of the printmakers for sure. I was there for six months, um, a bursary in Cork. Um, and that the Cork printmakers is really, really, really nice. And they're really nice people there. Um, and yeah, I made work there and then I put it in the, can- the exhibition that Canty did, the original. Mm, in the bill table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I think that was the last, oh yeah, no. And then the last Regera, that was the last exhibition that I had of fine art. Um, there was other ones before, but. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What, what was your piece in the Regera exhibition again? I forget. It was a massive, um, canvas that was kind of stretched over a palette of a sort of figure like draping and it had like this kind of pinky pattern behind oh yeah 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 kind of i don't even know if i have an image of it i have actually there's on my instagram there's it's not the piece but it's the the piece that it was based off if you know what i mean okay Mm -hmm. sorry I, I, I should have seen that in my research. Whoa. Oh, yes, you should have. <laughs> Me too. Whoops. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like much, I don't think, because it's like the one on Instagram is, is just a sketch. Um, and then I made a, right, a, piece, okay. a piece based off that, um, which I think is just in the front room of me and Katie's old house, probably still just blocking up all the room. Oh, that piece. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the one? <laughs> oh, I yeah, sure. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, bi- in the one in the room. bike room. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, cool. I love so that was, how you that know it from there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> from the, the <laughs> Not from research or exhibitions. Nah, just <laughs> the bike room. <laughs> It was late to rest. So that was that was so that was your last um, <laughs> exhibition experience. Yeah. Before, um, and then, and then what? Between the kind of um, spend time between then and the course. Yeah, preparing. And kind I of get, think getting a bit of portfolio that, together. Yeah, that was right before. Um, I started here. I think, kind of getting mixed up with time, but. Um, I think maybe that was around the time that I was applying for here. Um, and I started in yeah September of last year. Um, or, yeah, well, the September before last, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but it was a kind of crazy, it's a crazy uh, application process, actually, to get into Kilkenny. It's very, like quite nerve-wracking because there is you go with your portfolio and you have an interview and then you if you get through that Ooh. one you're invited to to do a bench test or well first do you first of all you write like a, an essay kind of application thing and then you get okay. invited maybe to the interview or not so um you oh. get through that and then you get through the interview and then you're invited to this full day bench test from like 10 till Five or something where you're Jeez. in a room with 11 other people all of whom you're kind of competing against because there's 24 people get invited to the bench test and 
12 there's 12 places so it's like fucking master chef yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so it was so intimidating you're just sitting there and you like have a few tools and they you get these sheets of paper and you basically just have to like uh square off pieces of metal so that it's like 0.2 of a mil accuracy and then you pierce lines like you cut lines into them and at different angles and whatever they kind of judge your your skill and your accuracy and then i think your personality a bit as well um right because you know they probably want people that will get on with each other yeah yeah um so that was mad that was a very stressful process very intense and then you didn't hear until like three months later um so yeah that was pretty intense damn fuck but i got in so it's okay as it is it as intense (laughs) in the course as it Um, is to get into well like yeah but in a different way because obviously now I know everyone and I know my tutors and everybody's lovely so it's not intense in that way but it it there's like it's full on all right there's a lot of work um but it's also so enjoyable um like I yeah I love I love getting up in the morning and going in and like this year especially we're doing really long hours because we obviously lost like four months of last year, like from the, around this time last year, the 12th of um, March, we were out of the studio mm. and we kind of, we, we filled the time with um, design projects and some things that we could do from home, like engraving and wax carving and what else? Okay. We did? Oh yeah. And some gemology. So we did fill mm. the time, the kind of, we, they, they, gemology oh like like the study of gems yeah yeah which is very interesting that's fascinating yeah um so we did we lost four months bench time but we like the tutors took all of the kind of theoretical things that would have happened in second year and pulled them forward so that we could do them from home um so we didn't actually lose as much time as it kind of feels like we did yeah it's um, not so bad yeah it sounds like a, a, a fairly good response yeah to, but like we did also still lose like it's a 95 percent practical course mm. so yeah we yeah. we did lose that time so this year has been like making up for that and and it was already a very intense course so we're like it's there's a um, we're yeah we're in the studio basically all the time <laughs> um <laughs> but it's fun well, it's good so what's the kind of um what what's a sort of typical week um in the course? Mm. Um typical week. Well, typical week really, I suppose, would be I usually go in it depends like nearing the end of projects um I'd kind of be going in like for half seven or eight and then um just well it's like really it's really nice because we go in and have our coffee and have a little bit of breakfast and kind of have a little chat and then work away like go to our benches and um just basically you sit down and start working on the project like sometimes we'd be studying other things like um 
we had casting of a Friday there for two weeks and then we had like stone setting every Monday um, for six weeks. So you can't, might be doing different things different days. Um, mm. But mostly you're, there's a project that you're working on like the pendant that I just finished today. Did you see that one? Um, I think I did, yeah. The one, yes. I, I put it up on the Regara page today. Yeah. Because it was literally, it was just finished today. So it was a really good day to start the the take takeover instagram takeover because yeah. it was like mm. oh look i just made this thing today but it was actually mm. <laughs> it was actually weeks of work um but um yeah so like we'd have we'd have something like that going on in the background but when but then we also will have other skills that we're learning at the same time uh like like the stone setting or casting or whatever it is um so yeah, like most most of the time, we're sitting at our benches working, basically. And then um, the projects that you do are they kind of are they fairly up to you, or is there sort of a criteria as to what you're meant to work on? Well, we get a brief. Um, so okay, with with the one that I just finished again, the pendant um, that was a, it was. Um, pendant and handmade chain and then you got the your visual inspiration which was mine was the morpheus hotel by zaha hadid and, oh, yes. and they're all um everybody got a, a different architect or well some the, another like sophie also got zaha hadid because she's an amazing architect but everyone got a different building um and then we just like we'd spent maybe two weeks on designing the actual piece um and kind of working through how we're gonna make it um doing kind of sketches of like the technical build and things like that um and then and then you spend um some time like maybe a week or two weeks on doing a mock-up in copper or brass or gilding metal um just because you like whenever you make something the first time it's okay and then the second time it's better and then the third time it's always the best but we don't have the time to make it three times but we make it kind of mostly out of uh base metal and then make it again in precious metal um right which is really good it's like a luxury to have now while we're studying because obviously when we kind of go out into the world we won't have time to be making something in base metal first um mm. so that's definitely a, a luxury because because it can be a, you can make expensive mistakes when you just you know do cut, cut out a piece so. of metal wrong yeah, yeah yeah and like yeah most of what we're making now is in silver but the further you go on like it's going to be more likely to be gold and things like that so don't want to be making too many mistakes indeed mm. yeah and is like gold harder to work with no gold is much easier to work with is it just because it's much more expensive you don't oh it's exponentially it so, yeah. it's so expensive like <laughs> obviously everybody knows gold is expensive but <clears throat> yeah i don't think most people realize how expensive gold is it's ax it's extortionate it is extortionate um but it's beautiful right so and it's lovely to work with so do you do, do you have to pay for your own materials like, yes. Do you have to pay for the silver and this gold and stuff? 
Yeah, we do. We do. We do, but then people, there's like, people might buy the pieces. Like, um, a lady, a lady Mm. bought the perfume bottle that I made. So, um, that's great, you know. Um, so yeah, you have to, you do have to pay for the pieces. And silver is really, like, silver is affordable. Silver is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just the gold. And we don't really make, we don't make too much in gold. Uh, you might have like an yeah. element of gold, but we don't, we're not making whole pieces in gold. Yet. I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe for like a commission, like a outside customer that might want a wedding band or something, but it, not yeah. like class work is not with gold. Yeah. Like on your chain, there's a little bit of gold, isn't there? There's a little yeah. bit triangles. Yes, yeah, mm. little little triangle of gold. That, me and Kieran were admiring this pendant earlier on, actually. Nice, it's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, very nice. So, is there kind of we came up for sort of a mixture a new there? Term for oh, oh, Ryan's gone. <laughs> oh, oh Ryan's back. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So good. So good. So um, yeah. Are you, so are you doing kind of like a mixture all the time of uh, briefs and your own. Projects, yeah so. yeah um which makes it more intense as well obviously because you're like <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to trying to finish like at the moment as well i um working on um a piece with jack o'flynn like i cork jack o'flynn um okay not yeah and um <laughs> not very <right>. important <laughs> distinguished me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so, um, yeah, doing that at the same time as kind of having like been at a deadline with this other piece. And then we're also starting another new project like last week. Uh, so kind of having like, it's like juggling like all these different things yeah. at the same time. Um, it can kind of, yeah, sometimes it can be like, oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um, especially before, before Christmas as well. That was a bit mental, like, but also obviously brilliant because, um, you know, it's like, it's what I want to do. So, um, but, uh, it's, a, it is, a, it's a lot of work cause it's like, I basically have a part-time job in the same thing as I'm studying. So it just means that mm. I have to go and be in the studio for like 11 or 12 hours a day, mostly. Um, because, you know, usually you'd go and do, you'd, you could do your part-time job at the weekend or, or, you know, after, and it's a bit of a break and it's something different, but this is the same thing. So you're like doing the same thing all the time. And, um, it's, yeah, like it, it can be a little head frying sometimes, but it's also, I love it. So. Yeah. That means you're getting like, I suppose, double the practice then yeah. at doing the actual making yeah. of the class. Yeah. Mm. That's great. And I suppose then that means you have... That's cool as well because, it, like, obviously, like with the brief, as you said, there's like you got a little bit of criteria to work from, but then you've got you know you can work on the personal pieces. I suppose, yeah, a bit more personal. Or are there kind yeah. of commissions as well? You said. Um. So yeah, most so of the other things that I'm working on, um, on the side are all commissions, um, because I actually I don't even have time to be making like personal my own personal things that I uh like my own personal designs, I suppose. Obviously the coursework are my own designs, but yeah, yeah, like all the other things on the side are commissions because I actually, well, it's great, but like 
I I never really have a time where I don't have a commission going on. Like when I finish one, someone else is just like, oh, can I have something? And then like, oh, okay, there's another person that wants something. Um, so that just oh, keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that's classic yeah it is <laughs> just keeps happening don't watch you, don't watch you coming out about <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> hopefully it does continue to keep happening especially when i'm not in the course anymore yeah. and then then i'll have uh, like more time to make uh commissions and then my own work as well so i'm excited yeah. for that yeah stuff is like fully conceptualized by you yeah so yeah, yeah 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 I got some really cool um, gemstones. I look like I'm. Vi- I have visions of what they're going to be, so I can't wait to make them. Nice. Mm. Yeah, like um, yeah. What's the crack with the gemstones? Are they how? Where are they sourced from? Um, there's lots of different people. Um, but there's this. Um, there's the one. My favorite um, gem dealer is um, <laughs> you got you got your bloke <laughs> is this guy called um andy burke which he sounds like that sounds like an irish man but he's actually german and um he's oh. he's hmm. more of like a, a specialist in cuts like interesting cuts he doesn't he doesn't deal in diamonds or kind of sapphires or rubies or any of those like really super expensive stones but but he has um like more interesting stones in more interesting cuts and uh like he's just really really talented at what he does and he's also a really really nice man um and he's really helpful so i i would probably yeah i'd get most of my stones off him um not that i've bought a huge amount or anything but like he would 100% be the first person i would think to buy something um, unless you needed a diamond, like if someone wanted an engagement ring, then you have to. I've never bought a diamond before, um, so I don't have that set up. But you do kind of have to have like relationships built with uh, these sorts of traders, because obviously, like mm. they they send out stones. Um, like you might you might ask for like five. Um, like minorly included like color f diamonds like that's like a high graded diamond um and then he'll the person will send you five and you pick your favorite one and you send the other four back so like they they're kind of it's a big risk in a sense for them to do that so you have to be in the trade and then you have to there's like a big trust thing in the goldsmithing trade for that reason and um which is really cool, oh, wow. like because it's just yeah. it's just you just have to trust people and people have to trust you and if you're not trustworthy you won't ever be no one will work with you so um, it's That's just it's it's yeah it's cool it's like That's really uh, cool though. yeah um, so yeah it's a really it's a really interesting trade and there's so many different kind of aspects to it it's like. Mm. there's a lot to learn like you you'll be learning you you'll be learning all your life and you still wouldn't know everything there is to goldsmithing which is really cool mm. Mm. the craft the craft yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, would you be would you be focusing is, is there more to it than just like cuts and clarity is there like certain properties to certain stones and that kind of thing 
that would draw your um, interest or make you want to work with them? Yeah, well, it depends on, like, so Cotton Clarity would be diamonds, kind of, that you'd be looking for specifically, like, to have something graded by with by color clarity carrot all that um but with mm. other stones like say um for my coming up project i'm i'm looking to buy an aquamarine um and i specifically want one that's really included um it's because my project is based off um it's actually, we all got our own home counties. My county is Monaghan. So there's lots of rivers and lakes and it's like the Lake District mm. of Ireland. So um, that's kind of where I'm drawing my inspiration from. Class. So I want my stone to be like real watery and kind of, um, yeah. So I wanted to have loads of inclusions in it. So it looks kind of like you're looking into water with ripples and things. Um, mm. and yeah. obviously by, by, inclu- by inclusions do you mean like literally the cuts that are made into it like the amount of cuts kind of thing no or... no like clusion- no, inclusions like the wavy colour you put in the centre is it makes yeah. it look ripply yeah it's like yeah. Li- little clouds or something that are inside the stone or like it can, oh, sometimes right. they can look like cracks um, but they okay. can be anything mm. like they can be like different stones have different kinds of inclusions. Like um, peridots have these inclusions that are called water lilies because they look like little water lilies, which is cute. Um, mm. Yeah, and then like there, every every stone has different types of inclusions, and like some of them are almost well, they're not microscopic, but some of them can only be seen under magnification. Um, but some stones like aquamarine or like tourmaline would kind of be known for their inclusions and like the the ones that have no inclusions are more expensive but a lot of people would still want ones with inclusions because they look really beautiful they're just really they just yeah. look really really nice um yeah but they do also kind of slightly weaken a stone so um that that's kind of right. why they might be slightly less desirable because obviously when you're you, you like after you've made a setting and you're going to set your stone the last thing you want for it is to like you know the very last push over the last corner of the stone and then it snaps so th- yeah. that, that's more likely to happen in a like heavily included stone hmm. that's interesting right. the way it's like i suppose technically speaking it's a defect yeah but it's also a desirable de- defect that's quite yeah. interesting yeah it depends on the so stone it's beautiful hmm yeah, it can. Like some some stones, it make it does make it less beautiful. Like with diamonds, they do look better when they are inclusion yeah, free. Yeah, because you want that nice and clear, and you know, yeah, and like, like they have mm. all this brilliance and fire. Like they, that they're actually the technical terms. Um, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, inclusions kind of. Um, lessen that effect i suppose and uh, make it a bit mm. more murky um so yeah it all it all depends on on what you're looking for and the stone that you're using and yeah like yeah the whole area of gemstones like it just sounds really fascinating and like yeah something you could like spend forever looking into yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you like some people have that have done the course I'm doing now have gone on to become gemologists, which is a really cool. interesting path as well. Really, really interesting. But it's really scientific. It's like Oh yeah. Really, really scientific um when you get into it. Um and there's Jesus like with um our gemology teacher Kate Kate Hopley. Uh, she's based in the UK, but she, she knows she's just absolute. I think she must have a photographic memory or something because the things she <laughs> just be talking and talking and talking and like you could listen to her forever to speak about gems. She's really, Hi. really good, really good teacher, and it's such an interesting trade. Mm. Yeah, yeah, deadly. Um, yeah, like I was, I was kind of. Um... One of the things I wanted to ask about was, um, um, like, if if concept is kind of a big element in your work, or whether um, it's kind of you know, or whether the form is the focus. But I suppose, yeah, like I mean, when it comes like comes to like briefs and commissions and stuff, that's kind of the concept is sort of there, and you're working off it, sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's definitely not as as conceptually based as fine art at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's much more like here is my inspiration and this is where it led me and now I'm doing this and um, mm. I I like I actually generally kind of delve deeper into the concept than I probably. Well, I need to personally for my own development, but right. the tutors don't necessarily always want to hear it. They're just like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, it looks nice. I started like going into when I was, when I was researching this new project <laughs> about the rivers and lakes, I was like, there was, there was a, there was a young woman like who, um, like it's a really sad story. It is true. Like she's she was uh she drowned herself in the lake near my house and because she got pregnant and um you know like yeah. women couldn't have children then and i uh, started kind of going into this whole concept of just like the like ophelia and like the yellow wallpaper mm-hmm. and like the 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 hysterical quotation marks for the podcast yeah. but a hysterical woman <laughs> yeah. side of things <laughs> um and they were just There's like a lot of sexists yeah. out there nodding their heads like yeah don't you mean <laughs> yeah and then this was also like we were practicing for um when we were gonna do a pitch for uh like a whole our retail sh- shop so my dude was just like you know like that's that's uh it's really good for you to have this to draw your inspiration from but you know, just I don't think you maybe need to go into that when you're trying to sell your jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, like, fucking suicide jewelry. <laughs> it's like I, I think, it's about I think a drowned woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people gonna love this. Buy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're alright. Like, yeah, everything looks cheerful. Yeah, yeah. It's like, literally, like, daisy chain, make, like making an amulet. I was like, um, it's you know, the, it's to signify like a heavy uh, amulet around her neck to signify the weight of society are bringing her down into the water. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Yeah, don't say that to a customer. 
You can wear it at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm well into that. I'd, I'd buy the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Your average See, girl, I think some people, you know? I think the people who would really like it would really, really like to to know that. And then most people would be like, okay, okay. So, but uh, no, it's a niche, into, like, the e- niche market. market. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> get to the golf market. Yeah, 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 big time. <laughs> or the or the metal market. Yeah, metalheads. Or like the metal market. Well. Yeah, yeah. They like chains. Make one based on your um, on your uh, coat of arms. Just like a freaking battle axe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Word. That's quite interesting, so, though. Like, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, one way. That piece with uh, that you have have up on the Regara website, the piece with the piece of wood, it's not like oh, practical yeah. jewelry. Are you allowed? Well, obviously you are. Or is that a, was that? What am I trying to say here? Did you do that through the course, or was that like personal? No, made? that was um, that was a piece for. Do you know Christian O'Shea? Yes, he from Cork. 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 Cork he went to Crawford, so I don't think you'd uh, know him, Ryan. No, but uh, he actually, he had a piece in the last Regera as well. Um, mm. The one that was in Dalian Gala in Cork. Mm. Um, anyway, that was for him. He asked me to make uh, a piece. He had this um, piece of, I don't know what type of a tree it was, but it was like a hardwood that he had found and he was commissioning a piece for his girlfriend for Christmas. So he sent me up this piece of wood um, and basically just let me do whatever I want with it. He actually is great because he's bought a few things off me. Um, and he's like the ideal customer because he just comes and he has yeah. like a loose concept that he would like you to include and then is just like you know take it away do Work away. Like, give, give you he gives complete creative <laughs> freedom so i i love when you get a message from him because it's like yes i get to make something cool yeah so i i loved making that piece that the one with the wood i, I really yeah, enjoyed that mm. thanks so then you get like um do you get all the commissions so that are much more, um, um, I don't want to say, well, I was going to say constrictive there, but that's kind of a negative word, but much more like, you know, they know exactly what they want kind of thing. And then you're sort of um, fulfilling that. Yeah, sort of. Um, I kind of, I found making the, the pieces for Christmas quite difficult because um everybody and this isn't a criticism on on the people at all it's just oh, yeah. like sure yeah sure. <laughs> no yeah. it's not it's <laughs> not sure. it, it's not sure. it's just that people people want um something simple that they can get give to their sister or their mom or whatever um and it's just it's difficult to make um a profit basically uh, making those sim- more simple pieces. 
but that's what people want to make to want to buy at Christmas. So you're kind of you, you're basically you're limited because you're like, OK, I have to make something that's worth 60 quid. You're limited in what you can do hugely because okay. like m- you might want to make that person like an absolutely amazing pair of earrings, but you, you're only getting 60 quid out of it. So you can only put a certain amount of time into it. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're you're giving yourself away and you'll never make a living. So yeah. that is difficult, having like a budget that you have to work to because it, it, it's that's the most lim- limiting thing. Um, so I, I did find that that was kind of that was kind of difficult. Um, and then there's like I've actually never I've never gotten um a commission of an engagement ring before but it's like engagement rings and wedding rings are kind of the bread and butter of a lot of goldsmiths so yeah i can make you one <laughs> but but get an original one designed by me um mm. because it might have it might have a really people... dark concept but just, <laughs> 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 just don't think about that side of it but but most people um for engagement rings especially really just want the same thing everybody wants a diamond with two stones at the side or else just a diamond in the middle and a little skinny little band and that's it and um well like i I can't like i'm not going to complain about that because um it's it is the bread and butter and it's great that that's there but then I also don't want to like get stuck into being like a a goldsmith that makes engagement rings all the time because there you can get stuck into that that's like the commercial side um so yeah I just want to kind of avoid avoid being avoid making the same thing twice if I can like or the same type of thing you know just just not sell out like yeah well that's the goal anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah because i suppose yeah i suppose like to a degree that is kind of the nature of the profession as well because it is like a design kind of thing so like yeah a lot of time i suppose you are going to be um doing those kind of you know basic kind of projects oh obviously you know nothing wrong with that but it is good to you know flex the old creative muscles a bit more as well yeah yeah for sure but then at the same time like getting those commissions allows you to work professionally because you can afford to do so you're getting commissions too at the end of the day yeah yeah (laughs) and like they might be faster jobs as well so you might like yeah you know you you're you're, you might have to spend like base like shape or tutor our head one of our head tutors was um saying like you might get 80% of your income from the commercial side of things, but you might only actually spend 20% of your time on it because it's kind of more um, like, I don't know, like maybe more systematic or something, you know, you're kind of doing the same thing all the time. So you can do it really fast. Yeah. 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 And you might be able to have like cast elements um, and just be able to like knock up wedding band really really quickly like you well especially a band you could have that done it you could have that done in an hour um 
and no. but obviously yeah for a band not for an engagement ring but for a wedding band you can make one in an hour but then of course you're using gold so it's going to be expensive still because um yeah it's you're using gold but for you you, you like it was only an hour of your time so it's like it is a really good thing to have going at the same time while you're making yeah. the work as well so then yeah what, what would be kind of um are there any sort of big influences on your work, would you say? Be like, you know, be artists or um, or even just areas of, uh, of interest? Or... Um, well, areas of interest. Um, I, I, I've, I have always drawn plants. Like, I, you might even, I don't know, you might remember hmm. from some, some of my work in college, but um, I just always love to draw plants. And I know that's kind of like, almost a bit of a, a cop out or a cliche or something but um <laughs> i just can't help it i just it's enjoyable and it's like keeps the muscle like the drawing muscle going um yeah. and in terms of artists um they're like i i actually look i look well like there are loads of um goldsmiths as well um that are big influences but I kind of think I look more at fine art that I draw inspiration from fine art more yeah. so because also it's like it's not the same thing so I feel like I can go and look at like at Egon Schiele or somewhere like that like one of my favorite artists are like you know and and not be not be like overly influenced by it because it's totally different but it's still drawing inspiration from it so i think that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that's that's how i like that's how i like to get my inspiration and then and then also from like rudolf helsel like he's in kilkenny he was kind of um he was like brought over from um i he's german but there was this um like Scandinavian design report that was done in Ireland in the 60s, I think, to try to modernize Ireland's design, specifically yeah. goldsmithing, gold and silversmithing. Um, so they they brought over all like these Scandinavians and German craftspeople to teach Irish makers design because there was a really old culture and uh of of makers in ireland but with the um kind of irish nationalism the design became like all about just being irish and then that became really cliched really really quickly and it's just like all these triscals mm. and mm. shamrocks and things and it's just and and, bad yeah. yeah just really bad and yeah. then like the Bauhaus is all happening at the same time. And it's like this amazing new work that no one's ever seen before. And um, mm. they kind of realized uh, like our, our, the Irish council, like basically realized they're being left behind. So they brought all over these Scandinavians and Germans and Rudolf Helsel was one of them. Um, and he only died last year and he ha has his studio still in town in Kilkenny and his son has taken over his practice um right and his work's absolutely amazing so so amazing um he'd be 
definitely an influence. Um, and it's also cool because you could just walk down the street and look in his window and look at his stuff. It's yeah. like, wow, like really, really amazing. Handy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. And then um, there was this uh, goldsmith called Erwin Springbrum, who was sort of a friend of my granny's and he made loads of work for like my mum's side of the family. Like they, they would kind of buy, like my granny probably has several pendants and some rings and then like all my aunties and uncles and my mum and dad's wedding rings are by him and they are not your standard wedding rings at all. They're absolutely amazing. Like they're really, really, really cool. Really, really interesting design. Um, and I went to his studio when I was like 11 and was actually just completely blown away and like Mm. his wife, um, gave us elderflower cordial and he has this really lovely home and it's all wooden Deadly. and really nice garden and and then his studio was just in the back and like he had to make, I think he had to size down my dad's ring so um I, I kind of just watched him do it and I was like whoa like this is amazing <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that was that I think forward. that was when I got yeah <laughs> yeah that was when I was really got uh, interested in in goldsmithing and kind of thought that might be something like real knew that it was a job and that you could do it not that I, when I was 11 mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna be a goldsmith but I knew that people did that so yes cool yeah it's pretty well, well, like, well, yeah well it's interesting um you mentioned that sort of relationship between very traditional Irish kind of style and then Scandinavian style coin because because when I look at your pieces there's definitely like they've, they've got really nice refined kind of shapes and they're very smooth and natural thing but there's also some of them that look at you know that do like they look very Irish as well so there is kind of that mm. sort of relationship mm. going on there because like because like the, you know look at some and be like that looks really Irish but it kind of doesn't at the same time it kind of has a bit more of a yeah, refined kind of feel to it. Um, yeah, that's my compliment for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to do one at least. I can't just ask questions. It's impossible. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, what's your favorite tea? Oh, my favorite tea. Um, well, other than the peppermint and licorice, um. Actually, no. My favorite tea is chamomile tea. Definitely. Okay. Oh, okay. 100% chamomile tea. 100%. Nothing too crazy. 150%. I have a cup of chamomile tea every, a pot actually, not a cup, every night before I go to bed without fail. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good all rounder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a a good, yeah, Um, basic, relaxing. Nice, nice time. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So with Barry's, but like, yeah. Oh, Barry's <laughs> is great. Yeah, Barry's is great. <laughs> That's a very, very, very close second. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I'm sure Barry's is too. <laughs> They're listening. They're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Licorice is decent as well. To be fair. I only got it's, into licorice yeah. myself recently, but like licorice tea, oh man, it's so good. That mm. sounds mental. It's I sweet. Can... Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's sweet, but it's deep so nice. as well. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really well-rounded. It's just good. Try it. Good shit. <laughs> no, no, Ryan's, 
got a firm lack, oh. uh, look of disinterest <laughs> on his face. <laughs> it's like we spoke to Kira about uh, essential okay. oils. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, Tea nah. essential. Different kinds of teas and essential oils. It's not. And healing crystals. <laughs> I lumped oh, them all right. together with a big gnaw. <laughs> it's your gnaw list. <laughs> yeah. Any anything? Uh, you got any other questions, Ryan? Well, actually, I just realised we've been we've been chatting away for a good while now. We have. I'm so, yeah. I'm so surprised. Um, do I have any other questions? Ah. Uh, no, I suppose like other than like, what's your plan for the rest of the week? For the rest of the week? Oh, I'm actually kind of having an easy week now because I got that uh, pendant in. So I'm going to sleep in until eight o'clock. <laughs> And nice. um, bad arse. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be so That's good. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't wake up to like three o'clock today. Oh, it's gonna feel like such a lovely lion. And I'm gonna go to bed at. Well, I'll probably go to bed. I'll have my cup, cup chamomile tea right after we finish here, and then I'm just gonna go to sleep. And I'm gonna sleep in. And. Um, I'm also, I'm training for a half marathon, which is in 10 weeks. So oh, I'm doing yeah. some, doing some running as well. Unreal. Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, just what? becoming like, really healthy and proactive now because there's nothing else to do, obviously. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's one approach. That's basically. You could do, you could it. do fuck all like, like I do, but I suppose you yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. you like, yeah. <laughs> well, like, and, I went with like uh, Regara as the spotlight artist, but it's oh, right. going running. What's your plan for the Regara week? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You know, nah, she, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> this interview like was approach. the highlight for like me. It. I'm not going to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think I'm just gonna, um, I might do a little studio tour, um, and kind of show people the different tools and things. And I'm going to go through more design books, um, like sketchbooks and things. And, um, I don't know, I might record myself making something and then do a little speed up version or something. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm actually kind of winging it to be honest. I wasn't, I only, I wasn't even sure if I was the spotlight week, uh, this week or not. I just, I was like, I think I probably am. And then, um, then I was, so, <laughs> and I'm doing it. <laughs> so it'll, so that's it'll, my it'll be a surprise. <laughs> it'll be a surprise is what you're saying. We'll see what we get. We might get nothing. We might get some, some stop motion. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like going to keep you guessing. Like it. It, could just be, keep you it could just keep be you drinking chamomile tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a time lapse of you making That's a pot of chamomile tea. Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think that rings. <laughs> Well, I suppose, mm. geez, I, I guess that 
that kind of brings us to a to our close well of uh, the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Time for you to go talk about some movies. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Although it, it was nice. actually recorded weeks and weeks ago, but to the listener, it would be like, oh. it'll seem seamless. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Professional boys. Professional boys. Yeah. Yeah, the movie is a uh, revolver. Um, you might, you might enjoy it. You never know. It's like. Uh, I wonder if I've seen that. I, I so think it rings a bell. Seventy-three. But... Oliver Reed, isn't it? It's like a Italian kind of uh, actiony, crimey kind of thing. I suppose it's very good. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Italian sure <laughs> that's basically how that's basically all the review how the review goes as well. Right? That's, really better. that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to listen to that. <laughs> Sweet. Well, well I fucking hope it's better anyways. Oh. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> no. Cool villa. Thanks for joining us. What did you watch? Um, you watched. Yeah. You watched the nineteen. You watched the nineteen seventy three film Revolver, directed by Sergio Salima, starring uh, Oliver Reed and Fabio Testi. Um, oh, I did. You did. Mm. Um, it's a poliziotteschi film, uh, meaning that it, it's mm. an Italian crime film from the seventies. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, um, its own, that's its own term, like. Or yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's sort of like um, spaghetti western. It's kind of that kind of thing, right? right? right. Yeah, um, or like giallo. Or, yeah, yeah. They love they love adventure in their own. This is only the Italian. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Basically, it's an action movie, but like yeah. Italians, you know, just like this is our genre. <laughs> no one else. Um. <laughs> well, 
what what are some thoughts? You know, what 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 was what was like the what's the, what's your first impressions? Um, Ryan, okay, I'll shirt. go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Um, Looking at you, my first impressions were it was fucking class, action packed, uh, motion filled romper, romper of a movie. It was fucking romper stomper. Yeah. Some neat yeah, little yeah. cinematography going on. Amazing performances by the two leading mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, lovely oh, yeah. body, uh, body cop kind of feel to it from time to time. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. His uh, initial thoughts and always. Yeah, yeah. As, as they go. Here. Well, Jesus. Um, you, can't, you kind of stole my words there. Ooh. To be honest. Ooh. You kind of nicked. You kind of nicked all my points, right? <laughs> I, I, like my, Looks like I've watched my it well this week, like, lads. Oh. Fair play, right? Yeah. Fair play. You've Four done well. One. You've Four done us proud. Strike. Other <laughs> sports things. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Back on. in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, th- yep, literally exactly what Ryan just said <laughs> um, were my initial thoughts. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that, that, that's that's not testament to you know lazy you know film watching or like you coming know, coming up with things to say. That's just testament to how in sync we are as yes, know, yes, movie watchers and reviewers. You know, mm. you know what I'm saying. And we're on a level. Yeah, if anything, no. that's my thoughts. If anything, that's my thoughts. <laughs> my takeaway from the movie is we're great. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. The way through the movie, I, I spent the movie going, I'm watching this movie so well. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait for Ryan to say that. I can't wait for Calm to say that. That's going to be so good. Well, I'm glad to hear it because uh, I really liked it as well. Uh, so I, I, I went Guess in. Um, <laughs> like I like. We're going to be shocked. <laughs> Shocker! I uh, well, you know, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Though. Here's the thing. Let's get this fucking What's shit on thing, track bro? right now, okay? Yeah. Um, I went in with like pretty low expectations. Like I did not Ooh. like because like uh, yeah. Well, I, I went I, in with mid, mid, mid but then, to low. But then, like literally, in the opening was when it flipped for me. I was like, yeah. oh, oh shit, this yeah. is this is good. See, I, I went in with high expectations because. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hadn't seen Oliver Reed and anything before, and used to were, like, fucking on his dick. Like, so I went down with high expectations, <laughs> and now I, I, too, am on Oliver Reed's dick. So. <laughs> it's the place to be. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's kind of, like, yeah, that's definitely a good thing. I mean, mm. and te- uh, testament to, to him and he's acting in the fact like you know, often see I'm, I'm i tend to be very wary of selling things too too high to people because yeah. nine times out of ten you're going to be like this is the best movie ever you know and yeah. like you just way oversell it and then they watch it and they're like oh yeah like it wasn't as good as i thought it'd be because you told them that it would be like it would so, blow much, their minds so much better and change their lives. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> whereas it's actually just a good movie mm. <laughs> But this is a, a case where it, that did not apply, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So this was your first Oliver Reed experience. I, I think so. 
Unless I just overlooked them in other movies, but I believe this is my first. Oh, you wouldn't. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Love Rude for a second. Um, like, well, hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Um, like probably uh, the first film that I saw him in. Weirdly, uh, actually, uh, oh, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Secretly, the first film that I saw him in was Gladiator. He's in that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. all right, then, yeah. that would be the same for me in that case. Then yeah, I've seen him. Everyone's seen that, but that's like, but like, but you kind of forget about who's him in that. Who's he in? Like, I mean, who's he in? Who's he in? He plays in Oliver Reed. That's what I was gonna ask. Um, who is he in Oliver Reed? <laughs> he plays Proximo. It's actually it's been a while since I've actually seen the film, so I, don't, I can't actually remember much about what his role is like in that um he's he's right. sort of like a mentor figure i think to maximus um like in the am I getting this right it's been ages since he am i get am i right in saying that he basically like he died pretty much then yeah like, he he died he died, was completed he died or, during production yeah of gladiator yeah oh. that was him yeah yeah. Oh. yeah 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 um Possibly in a pub, <laughs> yeah. if the story is if the story is right, or if that's yeah. just like you know bullshit. But you know it's possible. Yeah, I read up about him. He's a mad. So the story goes. So the story yeah. goes that like he like every you know, story died, like, seems a drinking to go that competition way, yeah. in local in a local pub. Um, but um, but no, yeah, like so that would have been my first film. Um, yeah, really, seeing like, him as well, but it's almost really. it almost doesn't count but because like, like you didn't even didn't even know it's a love read at that point because he's so young and he, and he, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I yeah. kind of like it was only like not that long ago that I kind of like just happened to find out about him being in that. I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. Um, so my first real experience of him would have been the Devils. And I think Calm, yeah. are you the same there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. when he's and he's class and Devils like, oh. and the Devil itself is unreal, obviously. Um, <sighs> Blasphemous as fuck. I yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got, um, I've got a serious quote here um, from '73. Yeah. Um, so this is very contemporary. Yes. <coughs> about Oliver Reed. Um, from a, I'm not sure who the person was. I think she was like a some kind of movie review newspaper person. So he is a gothic hero in the living, lusting flesh. Jesus. He smolders. A mobile furnace. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. There you I go. Thought, I there thought you go. were on his dick. She, Jesus, she wants it. <laughs> I know. He was a sex, he was a sex yeah. symbol. Like, he was... Man. He was... Yeah. yeah. Was that about him and the devils? Or is that just about him in general? Well, this is, like, from... <laughs> I heard this in a 73 interview with him. About, I mean, which was quoted. So not speaking about a particular movie in general. We're talking about the same time as this movie. About him no, as a person. This is like the same year that um this is the same year the revolver came out. Yeah, so. same year as revolver came out, but like yeah. Yeah. Was, it was probably it was... it was probably about the three musketeers. because uh, ah. he was he, he played Athos in the three musketeers <laughs> in the same year, so when did the devils come out? Yeah. Uh seventy one. Right. So a couple of years oh, before okay. this one. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Prime time. Prime prime revolver time. Mm. That is some quote. Jesus Christ. I know, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, but yeah, it makes sense to talk about Love Reed because, like, for me, like, you know, if you well, took what? him, I think I feel if you took if you took him out of Revolver, you know, it'd fall a few pegs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, he's like, one of the reasons why the movie is so good. Milo, 
their relationship is yeah being like what holds the whole movie throughout I think like uh, yeah, yeah. just exactly. them building becoming friends and like their traits rubbing off each other but like the, the other leading yeah. man I don't know what his his name is I think his performance um, is as good as Oliver Reed's but yeah without yeah, Oliver Reed's yeah. It is pegs below or a few steps down. Uh, it wouldn't yeah. have been such a good like, movie. Because he's one of those actors. Yeah. Because he's one of those actors that like just has like presence, you know? Yeah. Like big time. You know? Like they come on they come on screen and like it's just it's happening. Do you know? He just has like that kind of charismatic sort of thing going on. Aye. Um there's actually I was actually watching an interview with him. Um the, the 73 interview, uh, just, re- just before we started this, um, in which he was stone sober, fair play to the buy. <laughs> and, uh, but he, was, he talked about two examples of, um, like acting sort of, uh, lessons from other, other actors. And one of them was from Peter Cushing, I think it was. And mm. so, um, it was in a horror, horror, horror movie, obviously. And, uh, Oliver Reed had like, I think it, if his character had a broken arm or he actually had a broken arm. <laughs> and so he went on the set and like the line was, um, someone said to him like, are you okay? You know, whoever it is. And Oliver Reed goes, yes, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And just like, you know, in pain because he's got a broken arm. Peter Cushing was like, no, no, my dear. You just, you just look at them and you completely straight face. Like, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> just like nothing. Just have nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and he said, like, you know, so that's basically what I've been doing since, and it's been working out very well. <laughs> just fucking keep it as stoic as possible, like. <laughs> yeah, just stoic, <laughs> smoldering and stoic. <laughs> he's so tightly wound in this film. Um, mm. Mm. He's on the edge, like the whole time, oh, which is yeah, yeah. that's what I love about it. He's really, like, yeah. and he does erupt from time to time, like, mm. but it it's, aye, he never fully aye. explodes, like. That tension's always there. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking classic. I, lo- I love it when you see, when you have that kind of performance, when whenever a character is on the screen, like there's almost, it's almost like you, you don't quite know what they're going to do. Mm. And so there's always just like a tension, a tension, uh, to use Callum's phrases, going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> going on. It's like, it's like, you know, in like, uh, like Dead Man's Shoes, you know, uh, Paddy Gunstein. Oh, Jesus. You know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, any time yeah, you're actually, on screen, you're yeah, like, now, I now don't you know that. if he's going to yeah, kick yeah. off or if he's, do you know? It's that same kind of energy. Anything could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that same kind of energy. It's unbelievable. Did any of you recognize the main theme tune? Um, no. Well, I, I didn't actually recognize it. But it was great. I, I, I recognize it because I read about this before I watched it, so it's not really, it doesn't really count. No, <laughs> 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 so I could say, but I'll leave it to you, Callum. I so I, it sounded really familiar to me, and I, and I couldn't quite place where I where I'd heard it before. Um, so I, like because I, I was thinking like because I listened to a lot of like seventies Italian movie soundtracks anyway. Uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder if I, just in general, I heard it there. <laughs> yeah, just you know, casually. Um, yeah, yeah. That is the most indie when he's fucking doing, thing yeah. I've ever heard. When, when, he, when he's getting his you know coffee and bagel in the morning, yeah, you know? cold um, coffee. He's, he's flat. He's flat white. <laughs> but um, yeah, like like so, I, I I recognized it, but like I didn't know I didn't know where from. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was it was used. Uh, so the it's so the soundtrack was done by Ian Morricone 
Um, or the theme tune. No, the the soundtrack. The full soundtrack. The, the full soundtrack. The, the full soundtrack was 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 done by Ennio Morricone with collaboration uh, with Bruno Nicolai, who's like another Italian composer. Um, they done some job. Really okay. Okay. Um, I, but uh, yeah, it was is the title theme Unamico was uh, used in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, oh, indeed. What? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. In the yeah. scene uh, you know up in the projection booth, I think when uh, where, when like uh, the Ger- the German officer dude uh, is like making his final advances on your woman, yeah. and they shoot each other. Yeah, yeah, that's what's playing there. Mm. 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 Yep. But it's interesting you should mention uh, Tarantino because it's, it- like the the very first shot of the film, I was like, damn, that is like. That's just like the start of Reservoir Dogs. It just reminded me very strongly of it. Um, like you, you're in the back of the car, bleeding out, and kind of, oh, yeah. oh, you know, freaking oh, out. Oh, yeah. It just reminded me, and like, just I think even the angle it was shot from and everything, um, just reminded me very strongly of start, start of um, Reservoir Dogs, which you know didn't surprise me at all because like it, you can, this is definitely one of his movies. I mean, fucking you know, as you say, he you like he uses this piece of music in. Um, Inglorious Bastards, so it's obviously a film that Tarantino would be referencing and you know looking back and like you know he this is definitely his his shit like yeah. You know? mm. um, but I love the opening sequence. The opening sequence is uh, it kind of took me by surprise because mm. um, I you know I was expecting you know being an Italian crime film from the seventies. I think I did have slightly lower expectations than you than, expected like, to get more gammy, you know, for like... Expecting, yeah, just a bit yeah. more schlocky, a bit, a bit more, you know, grand like, but just like, just like not that great, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, but like, it definitely, it is definitely like on the top end of its genre, you know. Mm. And like, yeah, like the the opening scene, like, definitely, it really took me by surprise just because the poignancy of it, and like, I didn't expect to to get the feels that it like brought out so soon, <laughs> mm. you know. I didn't think I was going to be having emotions. You yeah, know, like the, the in the first two minutes, the, the dialogue in the first two minutes. It's not like exposition heavy, but like the way the whole thing is crafted, like you can immediately feel for them characters, and you know who they are. You kind of you understand their relationship. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it was very well done, and like a very soft, very soft, sensitive opening for mm. such a violent film. Yeah, and like two other scenes. So speaking of scenes, like two of the ones that, that stuck out for me were, well, like the, going chronologically, the opening, the uh, the introductory scene for Oliver Reed, the tracking shot down the hallway, you know, with like the, with the yellow socks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, along, yeah. Like, you know, got, like the pieces yeah, of clothing, yeah. like falling to, fall to the floor. <laughs> and like I saw that was going along and I was like, I wonder if that's Oliver Reed. And then, like, like it goes up to like behind his head and you see like, you see, like the side of the moustache. I was like, oh yeah, that's Oliver Reed. Yeah, that's Oliver Reed. Yeah. Well, as, soon as, as, soon as, as soon as there was a bit of fucking going on, I was like, this is this is definitely going to be Oliver Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as there was a bit of fucking. Uh, guaranteed. Like, <laughs> but I thought that was like, that was like, but that was like one of the, like, a cool examples, like the, you know, well done kind of cinematography yeah. throughout. Like that, it was like the but tracking s- shot there was just, it was really s- cool. But saying yeah. that immediately um, after that is probably one of the most jarring scenes for me. Um, oh, whenever he got the phone call and he has to go in, and she's like upset about going shopping, and they're meant to go shopping together. 
he keeps just saying oh yeah and you are my wife and you are my wife and now you're my wife and that, I was gra- yeah, that, that was weird that was weird he says like you're my wife two, t- like, two or three times two or three times bit like, weird. very short that it's like the, it's like, the, like what the fuck's going on here so it's like it's like the it's like they fucked up the editing or something yeah like he was meant to say you're 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 my wife once but like they messed up the editing he like says it again (laughs) like like, such a strong start that poignant opening scene with the two boys and then that lovely as you said cinematography with them like getting down for to go from that to just that fucked up dialogue i was like what (laughs) okay i was a bit shocked then but yeah it settles me yeah and then, yeah, I mean, like, dialogue would be one of, like, the only criticisms that Susan's yeah. have. Yeah. Well, one of the few criticisms, anyway, throughout was, like, just dialogue could have been a bit better. You it know, could have. It writing could have been a bit was better. Great in moments. Um, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that partially comes down to, I think, I think, Callum, would I be right in saying that the Italian actors were speaking Italian and were dubbed over? Because they um, didn't quite seem to match up. In some, in many voice. cases, in many cases, yes, they would have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like that could have been like you know, like in the church where there was like you yeah. know, dubbing yeah. happening. So like the acting comes off slightly wooden because of that. Yeah. So I think I forgave it a little bit. Yeah, I think in the, in the case of like the main guys, I I, I think they're like, I, I don't know about Fabio Testi. I don't. I, he, he, I don't. I don't know whether. That was his his voice. I think it might have been like a, a dub voice, but um, really, I don't. I don't I, um, maybe it was his own voice though. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, and also, like there's the, the, the decision that Oliver Reed makes to use an American accent. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the little, do you notice like his little Italian like, hands on occasion? Yeah, I, I think he, 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 yeah. he's got the little Italian hands. So what you say? Do you know like the, like the fucking like the the thumb to forefinger? You know. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like the like you know, whenever like there's like, a mobster who's like pleading to someone. Oh, like, the you know the, 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 the hand gesture. gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you know, eh, come on, you know, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, you know what I'm talking about. There's a little bit of that that creeps to his acting on occasion, which I quite enjoyed. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> Oliver Reed being Italian. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he just did it to match the rest of the dub, uh, I think, because everyone else is kind of doing various accents, mostly American. Um, mm. Mm. Here's the other thing about this film. I did not expect it to go into, like, paranoid political thriller territory, um, yeah, which yeah, it kind of yeah. does towards the end there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think confused me more than anything else. I, I, I honestly kind of lost track of the movie. Like three quarters of the way in, I was like, I I couldn't quite follow it for some reason. I don't know why. When they started uh, going cross country, what from France to to get into France when they're running over oh, the mountains? Yeah, yeah, around around then kind of thing. No, or... no, after then, after then, I was grand with it then. Mm. It was after the shootout on the streets of Paris, was it? And then after then, after then, I was kind mm. of a bit. I don't know, why is he talking about he could blow the whole thing open and stuff? I don't know, I kind of lost it there. Even. So if this is the political thing you're talking about, could you yeah. fill me in? <laughs> yeah, so, well, so essentially, essentially it's, it's related to the assassination that, that happens at the start of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, the, the, there's this oil magnate who uh, is basically going to be, I think he's going to be like... Um, I think he w- he was like moving into renewables or 
um, or like breaking up his business or something, and, and basically like oh dear, uh, people weren't happy about that. Whatever this, cons- you know, whatever this like obscure conspiracy is, wasn't happy about this and killed him. Right. Um, okay, uh, and so it becomes yeah. this sort of. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool because like it kind of becomes this sort of film about um, the way that, um, especially with the decision that Oliver Reed's character makes towards the end um, or the series of decisions. It kind of becomes a film about... No, go ahead. Go ahead. It kind of becomes a film about... um, uh, uh, about sort of like police as... not as defenders of like safety or anything, but as defenders of like the state and industry and, and that sort of thing. Um, like there's this, there's that scene in the greenhouse where the random dude is like, is like kind of hinting at what the whole thing is. Um, Mm. and it's kind of, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm making any sense here, but it kind of becomes a film about like, you have this cop and this criminal whose common enemy is, is like capitalism essentially. And the cop ends up siding with capitalism. Yeah. Um, Yes. And I thought that yeah. was pretty okay. cool <laughs> as far as like a 70s film goes. Jesus, okay, I must have yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, well, yeah. Well, because the, 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 the final shot of the film is him yeah, yeah, yeah. just but digging I, I, deeper I, into the lie, basically. But it was the it was that pl- it was that political side that I kind of lost track of. I was... Uh, it is pretty obscured. It is, it is I, pretty... I was like, kind of following his thing of like what uh, who one life's worth compared to another. Mm. Was was kind of what I was getting at from getting from. I think, his yeah, that, that is definitely his. part of it. Yeah, yeah. But both of those, you know, readings are what like give it give it the depth mm. they yeah. required. You know, because without because without you know any of that, you know, I felt like it it could have been a bit of a kind of a bit of a flat kind of you know, revenge y kind of yeah. crimey kind of thing. You know, and like. And that, like, and I kind of felt a bit like that most of the way through about Oliver Reed's character, because like, like I, I obviously enjoyed his acting as we um, pontificated <laughs> upon at the start. But you know, I was always kind of like, you know, yeah, like th- he's class and all that, but is it a bit two dimensional? Is he a bit like? Is he a bit too much of just like, oh, I've got to save my wife, and that's the only reason mm. that I'm doing anything, you know? So. So yeah, when the rest of the kind of stuff came along, I, yeah, I, I feel like that definitely gave it the depth that it required. Um, yeah, like like kind of reminds me of um, what you were saying about the what we were saying about the writing being occasionally slightly yeah. dodgy, and um, in a way, you know, it, it kind of go both ways with this. Like, do you know the way he kept making like the same kind of threat? Or like spell was it spell and guts? Like you know, I swear to God, yeah, I'll yeah, blur yeah, guts out. Guts, like, <laughs> yeah, every time it was like, I'll swear to God, I'll do mm. one of these two things, you know. <laughs> and it was like, he seems to be saying the same line quite a lot, you know. And at first I was like, geez, that, that, that writing's a bit ropey. But then I was like, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's his character, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like this kind of real tunnel visiony kind of like just on the edge aggressive dude, <laughs> you know. Maybe maybe a bit institutionalized from you know being a, a prison officer for however long. Is he not a cop? You know, for however long was he not a police officer? Prison officer, isn't it? yeah. But I think it's implied that he was like police before that, right? Yeah, I think um, he was police, and then then he went on. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I, I 
Yeah, I know what you mean. That, that, that's 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 an interesting reading, like him being so tunnel vision his entire life. As you said, what do you say? What you say? Basically indoctrinated into the state, and then he's yeah he's being given these. Yeah, and you could see him kind of go. You could see him kind of maybe go yeah, well, against like, that. You know, yeah, because as I, the film goes on, his relationship with your man brought that out in him, like mm. getting it, getting to know this criminal and like seeing that it's not fucking all black and white. And mm. I really mm. love that relationship and how they both took on a, a, a little bit of each other. Like that was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was really good. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah, the other, um, the other of my favorite scenes was. Um, yeah, the shootout. I thought that was oh, a fantastic scene. Oh yeah, th- th- those shots like when it was first locked on, and they're both walking up to the car, and like his fake wife is in the back seat. And he's just like lingering off, walking like really slowly behind your man, behind Milo. Yeah, because he know he knows someone's up. Yeah, he knows someone's yeah. up. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then it fucking kicks off like, oh baby. Yes, boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> I know well you said that as well. <laughs> it's like reclining over what? Like, yes, boys. Here we go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a there was a few other like one other lovely. Cinema, like cinematographic mm. moment was when he was first walking into the prison just to rewind it here bring it right back mm. um, there's a shot where he's walking he's at, I think it's at a front desk and it's shot like from a high looking down on stairs and like it's like a plan it's like kind of like a plan view of a building mm. and there's like stairs going everywhere and it just looks fucking unreal yeah. and like I was watching my wee brother and my wee brother was like, mm. oh, I need to, I need to rewind and rewind that and look at that again. I need to rewind that and look at that again. I want to, I want to draw, I, I want to draw oh, that he shit. Gets it. Wanna, he gets I it. I want to draw that shit. He gets like, it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was you very must be proud. Funny. You must be and proud. And he was loving right? the soundtrack as well. Throughout the thing, he's like, <laughs> oh, good never lad. did that, man. Never did that. And I was like, <clears throat> oh, go on, turn into you legend, you. He's only like 14. He's like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Go on. What the fuck? Get him on here. Get him on here. <laughs> he he clearly gets it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, a, he's an idiot sometimes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He's only 14. Sure. No, he's a Murphy. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I should get him on here. Fucking. A oh, fucking. Fucking bad mouth Murphy's. I'll let him fucking have you. You shite you. <laughs> Jeez, that was right right now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, break, he's breaking in right now. Shit. Um, but yeah, what like the soundtrack? Like it was one of those recurring soundtrack mm-hmm. films. A theme. Um, Is that what it's called? Where you yeah, get like the theme. same theme coming back yeah. like a good few times, and like even in different forms and in different contexts. Yeah, where the same same theme keeps coming back in, like but but really well used yeah. every single time. And yeah, I really enjoy when films do that um it's just a cool cool element when it's done well because if you think about it like i mean the soundtrack was fairly sparing really you know you had like that theme and then what there was like a handful of other pieces yeah yeah i wouldn't say many no. there's a lot of variations yeah i was listening to the soundtrack on, on spotify actually there's, there's a lot of variations um, bit of fur of these in there that was nice <laughs> There's a lot of variations on the same sort of uh, themes for like different situations. Yeah, um, different moods. Yeah, yeah. But there was Which a lot kind of, of like a thing that a thing that Italian films did, did a lot. I think. Yeah, there was a lot of silence in it as well, though. It was very yeah. punctuated with mm. silence throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well used. The soundtrack. 
But they both go hand in hand. Like you need to, need yeah. your ups and downs. And yeah, it's, your highs and lows. Indeed, exactly. And that's what and that's what kind of makes it, you know, as I say, just like a kind of a you know a top tier kind of you know Italian crime you know film. You know, there's plenty of like these like films of this kind of genre that are grand, but you know, bitch lucky, bit you know, bit a little bit gammy. And though, and it's those little touches that make this the elevated. Yeah. The top level, you know, yeah. of that kind of genre. Yeah. The elevator, yeah. Just like the tasteful the mm. tasteful stuff, you know, cinematography, soundtrack, symphony of cinema. And um and also also it's a it's ends on a freeze frame. Always which is always it's actually yeah, it should be a class must. film. It should be a As we know from must. Uncle Buck and uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's the sign like any film ends on a freeze frame is a good film. Yeah. I've never seen a bad one. Fucking Breakfast Club, come on. The peak of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a Harry Potter. There is. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. When he flies off and it's like, his face is all stretched. Fucking. Yeah. There is. Come on. Yo, come on. God to fuck. <laughs> yes. Quaron. Yes, Quaron. <laughs> Back of the net. Oh, I'm very... <laughs> oh fuck you, Callum! Oh yeah, so it's Quaron, so it's okay. It's Quaron, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It might be Harry Potter, but it's Quaron, it's yeah, yeah. Quaron so it's all good. Yeah, the the but yeah, like the 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 bleakness of of the ending, um, like it it like it put yeah. me it put me yeah. in mind of a lot of other like can you, you know it, it kind of like it kind of the film basically like kind of slid into the um it turns into fucking serpico or something like <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucking does yeah <laughs> hold on a what, second what, what i thought of was um was the parallax view have either of you seen the parallax view no can't say that i, have, oh, no. I don't really think good. i have uh it's a it's a 70s like you know conspiracy thriller starring warren warren beatty i think so um, would say warren oates and i was like oh dude. Right. <laughs> um and uh say no more. Ryan just passed out. It's from nineteen it's it's from nineteen seventy four, so just a year after just a year after this film. Right. Um and uh it's fantastic. I, I highly recommend it. But like it has that same sort of like bleak kind of overwhelming resistance, like there doesn't seem to be anything that, that the main character can do to yeah. like get out of the situation sort of thing because uh, mm-hmm. everything's just too big for for him um but also made like the the freeze frame at the end of this uh so powerful because like it's like you know it's like you know some films can end on like a freeze frame and be kind of like a little bit half baked or whatever not no. uncle buck no. i'm not including that in this statement yeah. um of course but like you know that's what's amazing about this one because like it, you know it just stops on this shot that just sums up you know everything that has happened and you like it just stays on it for mm. the whole credits and you're just looking at all of reed's you know expression and like he's got your wife back there it's just fucking fantastic mm. yeah. very well done okay. indeed oh, i love i love i loved her thing when i think the wife carried that final scene to be honest i think she was like her performance mm. that, that that subtle back and away that absolute confusion yeah, as she like realizes maybe what is happening here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still slightly ambiguous as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm, fucking lovely. Not lovely. Far from lovely. <laughs> it's not lovely <laughs> at all. <laughs> 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 really heartwarming stuff. 
I could say, really. I mean, yeah. Like we've talked about, like the performances. Just wax, wax, wax lyrical Does, about uh, about what a what a sexy barrel of a man all of the readers. Barrel, sexy barrel. That's the best description I, ever. If Big we get down that avenue, man. like if we're going down that avenue, <laughs> we need an entire episode. Like so. Yeah, you should have brought that up sooner. Uh, we go on for hours talking about <laughs> talking about that barrel. I mean, he's getting man. added to the list with with, uh, yeah, with more notes uh, and yeah. Chris Kelly. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah. But yeah, talked about talked about the characters. We talked about the cinematography, the the music. Um, oh, the music! Oh, the, the, mm. the, the soundtrack is so good. We talked about the feels, the, the underlying yeah. running. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, fucking. Actual storyline. God damn it. Uh, the underlying. Classic ride. We talked about the. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about those. Um, yeah. We have indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you just got to cut all of us out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Callum have you heard the other episodes Callum good god nothing, nothing is cut, cut. nothing it is, is raw. cut I am uh, I'm worried uh, I'm afraid raw unadulterated this is like this is like you know, seer- this is seared steak podcasting Callum this is, this blue, is seared steak podcasting steak. yeah blue aye aye exactly barely edible <laughs> It's still squealing like you can barely keep it down. Hi, <laughs> hi. You want to throw it up, but you just—it's kind of tasty at the same time. But yeah, I mean, what else can we say? You know, um... <laughs> just cutting so casually. What else can be said? It's oh yeah, like yeah. What else? What else can we talk about? Class. <laughs> so nonchalant. But you're like anyway, well, talking about like, hey, back yeah, to I, I was about to wrap up and like because it yeah, felt no. like we we kind of covered everything. Yeah, uh, final thoughts, lads. God, well, God damn it, Callum, yeah, Callum what's your final thoughts? I thought it was class. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Uh, I uh, I don't know why I'm speaking in a tone that I'm defending myself or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to anyone listening, I'm being held against my will. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, no, no I couldn't, couldn't agree no. more. Couldn't agree more. Look, it's look. a damn fine film. Um, yeah, if you if you're looking to get some Italian Italian crime into you, like this is pretty much yeah, the way so to if go. If it's your first, if it's your first one, forgive, forgive the dubbing. Just forgive the dubbing. Get over it. Try and get past. I mean, that's it. the case with like most Italian films from the seventies, though. Yeah. But if it's your first one, like, if this is the first one you're going into, you've never seen an Italian movie from this decade, just beware, like, do you know? Oral of a read. Of a read. Beware of the yeah. read. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's a good place to start with, like, yeah, it's a good place to start with either Italian or yeah. read. I forgot to mention, the uh, the other film I've seen with with Oliver Reed in it is The Parts of Blood River from 1962. <laughs> uh <laughs> In which he plays uh, Brocaire, who is a villainous French part. Cool. Uh, Christopher Lee is also in that film. Oh, oh, I'd say oh, he's Jesus. sexy. I'd say he's some barrel on that as he comes. <laughs> Christopher Lee, deadly buzz. 
Yeah. Two I can't two say that it's a good film necessarily, but Jeez. I was entertained by it. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, you would be though. Ah, well, yeah. Well, like, I think like he's he's one of those people. You know, I think it's like a quote I heard about The Rock um, a while ago. Oh, that's right. Ooh. I say good into the rock. Whoa. Do you know who else? Do you know what, do you know what else the rock? Do you know the rock Johnson? <laughs> Fucking Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> do you know? Oh, shit. But um, no, it's like, I don't know who it was, but someone said about him, basically, like, he just, he makes everything he's in better than it it is basically well, it's the sign of a movie you know, star right it's the sign of a movie he's star. one of those people that mm. is when they could just come on screen and you're like oh, well this this is this is great uh i'm i'm, I'm vibing here this is, this is brilliant yeah it just lights the whole thing up yeah exactly exactly it does yeah and he's one of those guys yeah yeah like i could like it's like it's like it's partially the reason why i watched the hit because i found out about it because i knew that john john hurt was oh, yeah. in it and i was like well i mean it's I, i'm yeah. gonna enjoy it yeah because fucking john yeah, hurt is yeah. in it you know and then I found that Terrence Stamp is in it, and then I found that Tim Roth is in it. Well, I was like, mm. you can't mm -hmm. go wrong. Like, <laughs> you know, even if this was the worst written movie ever, it'd be yeah. at least grand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it'd be enjoyable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you think that. You say that. And on that there's note. movie 52, and like. And there's, there's always the exception <laughs> to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> There's always there's an exception, always, right? There's always an exception. But, you know, there's certain yeah. people, there's certain people, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage Nicolas. for fuck's sake. Do you know? Like, he can, like, mm -hmm. he can be in yes. the Wicker Man remake, and it can be enjoyable. More than enjoyable. You know? If that was anyone else, yeah. it would be awful. Mm. That's amazing, like. But that's because well, it's also of him. That movie is also certain, terrible certain because of him. Yeah. <laughs> he turns it into, but he turns it into this, like, high farce almost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a bit well, there's that, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that old rumor that he always thought it was a comedy. He thought he was doing a comedy. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not sure how true yeah. that is because of how <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love how that. Well, but, um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the thing about Nicolas Cage though is that he kind of just goes onto a set and he'll just kind of, from what from what he's the way he's talked about his process, such as it is, uh, he he essentially will he essentially he'll just like channel whatever he feels the film is right. So like. Mm. And often that could yeah, be a bellwether yeah. of like whether the film is good or not. That it's like is... what kind of Nicolas Cage performance is in it. Uh, <laughs> you know, how committed he is. Uh, or whatever, you know? Incredible. Well, actually, well, actually, well, Cam, that's an interesting point. Um, I, well, I'll, actually, I listened to um, an interview with. I'm going to throw another curveball yeah. mention in here. Oh, yeah. Helen Mirren. Okay. Um, I listened to oh, an she, interview she's with her. List. She's I did not expect to get oh, all yeah, of this into a revolver review. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, like, uh, oh, yeah. sham alive. But like, um, yeah, it was an interview with her uh, from 83-ish, uh, and she was talking about um, how basically she she can't sing. She has no ability to sing whatsoever. But she was in one of her, her earlier kind of roles, which is a, um, a stage musical, where obviously she had to fucking sing. And her basically, basically her approach was to just go into it with like such conviction that you you know the audience can't help but believe you're an amazing singer because you're just going in with such like conviction that you know it's i'm an amazing singer and everyone has to believe it because that is how it is and that, that kind of sounds like what you're saying with um with old nick cage there yeah uh, yeah it's a comparable there movies do you know what i mean movies exactly yeah the the, 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 charisma. the charisma yes. you know the passion 
Charisma, uniqueness, Ooh. nerve, and talent. <laughs> Shout out, RuPaul. If you're listening, we love you. Shout out. Um, we know you are. You're obviously <laughs> listening. Yes. Obviously, obviously. I feel like I feel like it's time to roll up the next the next film. What do you What do you guys reckon? Yes, let's do. Let's do. You should come for everyone's sake. Yeah, for everyone's sake, roll up the next film. We'll meet at the end. Start dishing about all stars. Do you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, oh, stop. Uh, stop the lights. We'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll, I'll roll two and I'll present them as, as, a, as a blind choice. Uh, and, yeah. and we'll pick yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, Dead Ringers again. Uh, <laughs> or Missar. Or uh, Dead Ringers really wants to get watched by us. Or Missar of Evil, um, which is another 1973 film. What's the dead? Um, what dead? What again? What? Dead Ringers is a Cronenberg film. Oh uh, yeah, starring uh, that got uh, Jeremy Irons. Though, wasn't it? That has come up three times. Three times. Now. Jesus, that's the, this is this it is, is the yeah. third time that's come. Maybe we should, so maybe we should just yeah, fucking watch yeah. it. Yeah, I do keep I do yeah. keep rolling it off the left. Yeah, yeah. Third yeah. time is the charm. 1988. Uh, yeah, David Cronenberg. Let's go for it. On rain. Bit of Cronenberg, like you know. Yeah, Deadly Buzz. Let's have it. Yup. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Irons is in it. Jeremy Irons is in it. Grand. Twice. Twice. Fucking. Yeah. He's in it twice. <laughs> you'll, you'll see when you watch well, the film. Well, well see, on that clip, anger. <laughs> that's like, that's, that, yeah, that's like the next step up from everything I was just saying about great actors. You know, he does that. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Holy shit. Damn. Okay. Wowee. Okay. Look forward to it, boys. That's that, so. There you go.